Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Roberts. How are things over there? Uh, I'm going to just go ahead and say no comment on that one, so... Well, how, how are you is, is, is what I meant. I'm, so. <laughs> I'm fine. Uh, I mean, things are nutty over here, but I'm fine for the most part, mm-hmm. so... Well, that's, that's the world we live in at the moment, so... Yep. Yep. Uh, what have you been playing in the last week or so? Uh, well, I finished, air quotes, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Now, when I say finished, I completed all the conquer this part of the map missions, and I did all the kill these, we're not calling them Templars yet, ancient uh, ones, Order of the Ancient Ones. Uh, really kind of disappointed on both endings. Um, we talked off air about the ending for Valhalla since you said you weren't going to play it and you didn't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, non-spoilery, but I was... I was bang on with that. They either needed way more outside the animus stuff or not at all. And I can, I can describe this without being spoilers. Um, cause everybody knows the map and that you conquer different parts of the land. You don't actually have anything to do outside the animus until the second to last land that you conquer. Mm-hmm. So that's literally in terms of like, if just conquering the lands was beating the games, you're talking 90%. And nothing happens when you uh, get all the assassinations done. The person that you talk to that eventually becomes like the Assassin's Creed, she's like, oh, that's good. This is all done. And then that's it. Okay. Nothing else. Hmm. No exposition. I mean, there's like a tiny bit of exposition, but no like real impact of, oh, I've just done your whole, you know, you know, crusade for you. Thanks. Right, yeah, sounds a bit anticlimactic. And when you were trying to describe certain things in the story, and as as I was reading them, I was, there was one thing that went through my head. First of all, like this sounds really wacky, or like just it, it it didn't make a lot of sense. Not because of the way you described it, but because of what the story's become. Um, what you said to me made well some some level of like sense in that. But to me, it was as I was reading what you were saying to me. We we were sort of like messaging yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yeah, yeah. I think it was yesterday. I was like, "What the hell has Ubisoft done to this series?" <laughs> like, this was. But believe it or not, I know this series is involves like time travel. Well, not time travel, but like basically the the Matrix, but with Assassin's Creed. That that's that's kind of the the core of what it is. If I look at all the games. Uh, from Desmond's story and I look at what they've done since then it's sort of like how have you managed to first of all you you managed to make that story and not make it complicated because I, I don't think it was very complicated when when it was Desmond's story it was it, there was some like you know mysteries and things which you kind of wanted a little bit but it's kind of like okay you you literally kind of had a better version of a story you ditched it and now you just want to be all complicated and kind of weird with it also from from the three or four conversations we've had i think i just really i really think they need to kind of pick a lane of that okay do you want to do the animus and the ancestor thing and try and connect it or do you just want to do one or the other and for the for the past like i don't know four or five assassin's creed games it's like they, they've not been able to decide and this like uh, it's. I remember when I was playing the the five hours or so of Valhalla, and I was just like, okay, th- I don't see this like going anywhere. I don't really know what the story actually is because it's kind of like two almost separate stories, kind of trying trying to sort of merge together, and it just just wasn't working. So, 
Um, yeah, and... ever since they got away from the Desmond character and that linkage to his heritage, yeah. they can just literally go in any direction and they're just wandering around the map, lost. Mm-hmm. But that, that's that's not necessarily a good thing. So, um, as has been kind of proven by uh, the last couple of games, did you enjoy your time with it overall, though? Or... Yeah, I didn't hate it. I mean, mechanically, it works just fine. Graphically, there were some weird-ass glitches. Um, and nothing game-breaking, except if I tried to like check achievements while the game was loading, it would freeze up. Okay. Uh, but the only real you know glitch glitch I had was when uh, every now and then like the lips wouldn't move during cutscenes and conversations, which is uh, super weird, but you know not horrible. Mm-hmm. What Xbox are you playing on? Is it a One X? One S. Uh, I oh, never got around to buying an X, and those okay. are discontinued, right. along with uh, PS4 Pros. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, because I remember you changed Xbox at one point, so I couldn't remember which one it was. Yeah, my original Xbox was starting to crap out on me, so I just got a new mm-hmm. one. And this is when X's were still pretty expensive. Yeah, yeah. I have a bit of a fear that either this laptop or um, my Xbox One, which I've had since January 2014. Both of which still work very well, but they do have moments of like, okay, this thing's starting to really slow up and it could like just crash. Uh, mm-hmm. Not like not like right now, hopefully not right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, both of them are like kind of old-ish machines. I think this laptop is about, I don't know, four years old or, or so, maybe three or four years old. So I do need to get a new Xbox and a new laptop. Uh, I'm not going to go for... Um, like a series x plus i literally can't if i even if i wanted to because there's there's just not any available but i'll probably go for an xbox one uh, s so which would be the next one up because uh, like I, I i don't need any sort of extravagant uh xbox at the moment i just need something that's gonna run fairly well so uh anything else you played yeah um this was something that i kind of hinted about last week but i didn't have a chance to really get into it um I've got Ring Fit for my Switch. Oh. Um, and I was kind of interested in it because I'd seen a little bit of it. And then I uh, was online, and it was not only in stock, but it was $10 off. So I'm like, okay, let's definitely try this. Then I was curious. You know, I wasn't. I didn't want to make a big purchase because even $10 off, it was still 60 bucks, which is not... Uh, mm-hmm super cheap i mean it's about what you would pay for any game but it's you know not super cheap so i hopped on twitch and just did a search for ring fit and there wasn't a whole lot of people playing it which is neither here nor there it's just you know some games don't translate well to live streaming switch is also a bit awkward with twitch Um, yeah you gotta like plug it all in like to whatever so and so there's one guy whose name I can't remember off the top of my head was playing it, and he was streaming it for five people. So this is clearly not somebody doing it because it's super popular. It's because he wants to do it. Mm-hmm. So I hopped into his stream and asked a few questions, and he was very, very detailed in his answers. And he, the two big things that I was worried about was how durable the actual ring was. Um, and he said it was like it was super durable, that it could hold up to pretty much anything. And then I asked him how fun it was, and he said, well... It's definitely geared more towards kids in terms of the gameplay mechanics. There's a little bit of role-playing, but not a whole lot. Um, but he liked it, and he's stuck with it. And I've played it a little bit. I've played it like um, six times uh, in the last week and a half. Um, it's definitely an interesting game. Mm-hmm. It definitely gives you a reason to keep playing it in terms of, you know, you can, you know, you're exercising. Everybody wants to be more, you know, out and fit. 
Um, I wouldn't call it a super gamey game because there's not a whole lot of gameplay elements to it. You're basically just running in place to move your character along the rail. And then there's different kinds of exercises that you can do um, to fight monsters, which is how you do uh, um, the battles. And so it's a little Final Fantasy-esque in terms of the combat mechanics. Uh, nothing super up there, but, you know, it's not terrible, so... Cool. Um, yeah, it's not something I'm going to be getting uh, necessarily. I haven't like thought of of, of getting it or whatever. Because uh, in terms of games outside of normal games, that I try and play that's uh, VR stuff as well. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. But... Yeah, I'm gonna stick with it for at least a month. See what I see what I think, and then go from there. So. Okay. Cool. Uh, speaking of VR, uh, good accidental kind of segue uh i got the dlc for uh, headmaster which is nothing to do with actual teachers at school uh it's the do you remember was it last year maybe it was the year before either either early 2020 or some point in 2019 um i had that um football game called headmaster it's a vr game and uh it's quite simple basically the this ball gets sort of shot towards you and you use your head in vr to head it towards the target and then obviously try and complete the level from there um i think i've reviewed it i'm not completely sure if i have it it's interesting because i've been doing this for so long almost five it'll be five years in april sometimes i like think of games and tv shows and films from the past and for the most part i could tell you if i've reviewed something but i was playing headmaster and going back to it and i was like i know i did some let's plays did i review this game so i, I don't know but i'll i'll look that up in a minute um but I uh, went back to it, it had the DLC that, that got released, which was like £7, it has 10 levels, of course you can get 1, 2 or 3 star for each one, so there's a lot of replayability there if, if you feel like, hey, I can I can maybe get that target at the back or you know something like that, you can kind of go for that a little bit more if you if you want to. Um, but yeah, it had 10 levels, I, I finished them, I played about 6 of them yesterday and the other 4, no, the other a few more of them today i've I've finished the levels now um but uh if i want to go back to any of the game i i can do that um i did actually buy it before on my playstation i thought i'd rented it before but uh i i bought it apparently because i looked in my um playstation library and uh it was in there to, to download so i i did that which was good um so yeah, i played that that was that was quite good i tell you what the, the ball physics in that game are really quite perfect um as well like from both kind of visual design sound design and like mechanically how the ball actually works in the game is uh really really quite accurate to how a real ball would would sort of work um but that was quite good i i enjoyed that so uh that was uh kind of short and stuff um that's one of them games where you could just add like hey here's a little dlc for five or ten levels or something uh and there isn't anything too extravagant you need to do just just give me like a, a new set of targets to hit or something so uh one other game that i played that um i did end up quitting was uh, the dark anthology pictures game little hope this is the second one if you remember the first one from 2019 i think it was that was called a uh, man of maiden that came out at like the same time that control did and uh i played about two hours i finished man of maiden i, I remember I've, I've reviewed that one uh from from a couple of years ago uh went into little hope um had some kind of middle expectations i hadn't really heard much about it i'd heard a lot about man of maiden maiden when when that came out but i hadn't heard much about little hope and uh went into it 
started off really slow and really weird and really kind of stop start in a way um i switched it off after about three hours i got really really bored of where the story was going um basically the the premise is you switch between i think it's two different characters but there's like a group of six characters um there's a bus crash that has happened and you crash in the town called little hope you're walking through the streets and there's this fog and the characters realize that okay they're walking through the fog and they're ending up in the same place basically the fog is kind of teleporting them back to where they were before uh there's this little girl and there's this woman um they kind of grab your arm and pull you back into the past there was like this disaster kind of thing that happened in the past and you're kind of brought there through flashbacks or whatever um it, it it's weird because even though the uh flashback story was supposed to fit into what was happening in the modern timeline of little hope it didn't really feel like it connected at all and maybe it does better that better later but for the most part it was sort of like okay take control of this character you've got like one or two characters with you or whatever and then the other the group kind of splits off later on and you're just walking and walking and walking there's just just so much walking I, i couldn't believe it and um the characters just say like okay we're trying to look for the bus driver we don't know where he is and let's just keep walking and find him or find a place to get into and it just it was so stop start because every time you kind of got to like a new area and you thought okay maybe there'll be this building we can search in or something like that um the woman would kind of pull you into the flashback and it would it kept just the the pacing of it was was really quite bad but just overall with the story they were trying to do and this whole like hey let's search this building oh there's nothing in here let's leave and then go somewhere else um I just got really bored very quickly and I was like you know what I don't need to finish this game for any particular reason so I'm just not going to so yeah uh, any thoughts on that I've actually seen some of that game what's really weird is when you recognize the actor that they model the face off of from a really stupid movie um, so that main actor was actually in in a movie called Where the Millers. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's got people that are famous in it. Let me pull up the IMDb page real quick. Because the main it's it, it's very familiar meme to where there's like four squares and then the main actor that's in the fourth square is like, you're getting paid. So like, let's say one person says, I'm only getting $20 million for this. And the second person says, $20 million? I'm getting 10 The third person says, $10 million, I'm only getting five. And the fourth person says, wait, you guys are getting paid? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, there's a ton of famous people in it. Um, Jason Sudeikis is in it. Uh, Jennifer Aniston is in it. Um, Ed Helms is in it. Nick Offerman's in it. Catherine Hahn is in it. Uh, Molly C. Quinn is in it. Uh, Luis Gomez is in it. So tons. Of, it's got. It's a big all-star cast. So, mm. yeah. But yeah, I've seen some. Anyway, back to my point. I saw gameplay of it, and I'm like, yeah, I can see people losing interest in this really quick. Yeah, I just felt like I was milling around doing nothing with these characters. And even even as far as the horror goes, like there was n- nothing there was was working for me, because uh, Man of Maiden, like as much as I remember it, um, it gets off to just such a more such a quicker start, and I don't know that the pacing is significantly better with uh, Man of Maiden. So they are doing a third game in the in this anthology series. You can play either one of them. They have obviously nothing to do with each other because they're they're anthology. Um, still gonna, you know, stick with the developers' games and all that. I haven't like fallen off of their games. Just this particular one didn't didn't work for me at all. Um, so, 
yeah but uh, i'll look forward to their next game it just it's important when you've got dialogue choice games like that the way when you're walking around to uh kind of pick up the pace a little bit so that was that was a bit of a disappointment um and uh apart from that i'm waiting to be sent other games um like hitman 3 i'm, I'm waiting to be sent that i've got some other games on my list and uh on the 11th of february uh little nightmares 2 comes out um i don't think i talked about the demo on the podcast did i i played that last week no uh that was that was fantastic um that little 30 minute slice of that demo told me everything i needed to know about how good this the second game is going to be um it's just the the way i can sum it up is little nightmares both one and two are just so good at every single thing they try to do the creepiness the mystery gameplay mechanics um there's loads and loads of themes in the game as well and it just all works really really well uh, you can go and download the uh, little nightmares 2 demo um i think it's on everything i don't know about like stadia or whatever but i think it's on it's on ps4 xbox one uh probably ps5 as well i don't know definitely about switch i think they get the game is coming to switch i'm pretty sure but i don't know about the demo but just uh check the um store where where you game on so and uh you can hopefully find that so uh that's pretty much everything i've been playing and what we've been playing um just waiting for some other games in the meantime uh p- apart from that this isn't obviously a tv podcast but i'm just buried in television like buried because <laughs> uh, i went to it's funny because i went today to watch um a show called sweet home on netflix it's this sort of like monster zombie show i, I love that kind of stuff and i've seen the first two episodes i, I really really enjoyed it and uh, i go to load netflix and you know when you open netflix and it's got like the banner show at the top it's like we want you to watch this thing but everything else is obviously below uh snowpiercer season two episode one came up i was like i haven't seen the first season yet i have the interest that's another 10 episodes to add to the pile so yeah uh but anyway let's get in some housekeeping and uh we'll see you for all that in a minute hi there and thanks very much for listening today i'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links the first of which is our amazon affiliate link that's where you can shop on amazon we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you anything extra so whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up Kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link if you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or 
film review per month it's up to you which one you want to choose we will watch a few episodes of the tv show that you choose or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new tv show or a film review of your choice that's three dollar level tier that does also of course include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, got a couple of good things to talk about here. Let me just scroll down. Uh, done the first official episode of the World of the Last of Us podcast, and um, I've got just tons of topics and characters and things I want to talk about on that podcast. Uh, but the one that I started with was talking about the future of the game series we know that factions 2 is pretty much on the way uh, but i talked about you know different characters and dlcs that you could do pre- both prequel and sequel and a little bit of both as well uh, five different options i won't tell you what ones they are here i'll leave that for the actual podcast uh, five different options of what the last of us could do for the video game future of the series uh, that podcast will also be used for the hbo tv series coming up as well um so just look out for future episodes but that should be in your podcast feed to be able to be listened to. Uh, Manchester United beat Liverpool by three goals to two in the FA Cup. Liverpool are out of the FA Cup and Manchester United are through to the next round. Uh, brilliant performance, just everything about it was was great, apart from the two goals that we let in, of course. But uh, brilliant, brilliant win. It's always good to beat uh, Liverpool. So uh, they're out of the FA Cup, we're through to the next round and we'll be playing West Ham in a couple of weeks. Uh, the other game as well that I recently podcasted on was our 2-1 win at way to Fulham. Um, a little bit more difficult than what you might have might have thought against a team like Fulham, but Manchester United still remain at the top of the Premier League, and that is very good to say. Uh, we play against Sheffield United tomorrow, and Sheffield United have won one game all season and are at the bottom of the league. But uh, it's a top, it's a top of the league versus bottom of the league situation, <laughs> so uh, sometimes it doesn't go very well. But uh, we'll see how that goes. Tomorrow, uh, the third episode of a month of positive creators from last week. Uh, talking about my friend uh, Laura, she's called Miss Legend on Twitch. I met her through Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the 2019 game. Uh, she streams the multiplayer for that, the Warzone for that, and she also streams um, Apex Legends from uh, time to time as well. Uh, so you can catch her on Twitch if you search for Miss Legend. And if you watch some of her Call of Duty streams, you might see or hear me on those as well depending on what's happening uh me and barry did a podcast last week talking about our top five most anticipated playstation 5 games not for a specific year just overall our top five most anticipated playstation 5 games and last week on gaming talk we talked about the last of us uh there was some news about both the tv show and and the, and the uh naughty dog going forward and we talked about cyberpunk 2077 and uh the situation there so you can have a look out for all those things on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms Let's continue with last week's theme was was Star Wars. We had some news about it uh, last week with Lucas with Lucasfilm Lucas uh, Games and uh, other developers are basically going to be able to make uh, Star Wars games. Uh, Ubisoft is joining that rank. Uh, Ubisoft is I've simply got written down here. Ubisoft is making a Star Wars game. 
what's your first kind of impressions, Robert? Are you excited for a Ubisoft Star Wars game, or do you think they might be able to bring to the table? Uh, it <laughs> depends. Above all, above all else, I really hope that it's not an open world RPG because I'm kind of over mm. this whole open world RPG. I mean, direction is good. You know, I don't mind a linear story to a point, um, but I can't think of the last game that I really enjoyed that wasn't an open world RPG. The the market's just become too saturated with them. Mm. Yeah. No, I quite agree. Um, I mean, to me, if I look on the last couple of Ubisoft games I played, so didn't enjoy Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, I thought Watch Dogs Legion was, was a good game. It didn't quite fulfill the whole recruitment potential thing that they were doing. Um, but overall, I thought it was a good game. I think it's still better than Watch Dogs 1. Uh, I still think Watch Dogs 2 is the best of the, if you want to call it, trilogy. Um, but... Um, yeah, just what they've done with Assassin's Creed hasn't been very good. I've enjoyed what they've done with Watch Dogs. Um, most of their games these days are kind of online games, like The Division or Rainbow Six Siege and, and, and those sorts of games. They haven't done anything with Rayman for a long time. They haven't done anything with uh, Splinter Cell for eight years now, which is which is a long time ago. Um, Far Cry's kind of started to fall away from me for, for, for a little uh, for, for me. Um, the last couple of games like Far Cry 5 and Far Cry was it New Dawn or something I can't remember they did like a follow up to Far Cry 5 it had like new I can't remember the full name of the title but uh, that wasn't very good either I didn't really kind of enjoy that um, Far Cry the the only reason I have an, any anticipation for Far Cry 6 it's not on my most it's not on my most anticipated games list or anything but is because of Giancarlo Esposito as as the villain. Now it's going to depend with that, um, like when they put Troy Baker in for the voice of the villain for um, is it Far Cry Four? I think he was barely in the game, so you can't. I I yeah, don't do that again. Obviously with Giancarlo Esposito, but um, I don't know. I I mean I remember about uh, three or four years ago or so. And everyone started to say like, okay, Ubisoft games are kind of falling off. They're just sort of like um, checkbox games where like, okay, climb the tower, open the map, do the quest, climb the tower, open the map, do the, you know, and then grind through the game, that kind of thing, which is what those games, which is what their games have kind of become. Um, so I, I, I don't have a lot of, in fact, I don't have any excitement for this Star Wars game. Now we don't know specifically what they're doing. That could obviously change things a little bit, but I think I think worst case scenario here, this will have like microtransactions, it will be sort of like the, 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 the more grindy version of Assassin's Creed that we've seen. Which has like level boosters and all this kind of stuff. And uh the 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 last thing you want to do with a Star Wars game is have like, hey, open world, loads of stuff to do, climb this tower or like go to this checkpoint, open the map, do the do the quest there level yourself up, do the main quest, and then kind of rinse and repeat. Um, I, I do think that because obviously they're clearly going to um, cut off the deal eventually with EA, I think in 2023, I think we said last week. That the, that, I think it's yeah, even that, sooner than that off the top of my head. So right, that's, that's when the deal ends. So, um, But I think that when, once they start to do that, I do think that for single-player Star Wars games at least... You kind of need to look at Jedi Fallen Order as like a template of what works. Because uh, with Battlefront 2, which had a campaign, because Battlefront 1 didn't, 
Um, that was just a boring sort of, hey, play as Luke and Leia and Han and all these characters, and it was just still quite boring. Um, but yeah, I just think that it, it, for anyone who's going to be making a Star Wars game going forward, because um, I think they should take more of the Marvel approach, which is like, hey, you try Avengers, you try Iron Man, you try Spider-Man, and like, hey, even if two out of three of them are good, then it's better than you know sticking with one um, publisher for, for years and years and, and everything. But... We'll see how this goes. I just, I, I, I don't know. If you'd, if you'd asked me off the top of my head, who would I want to make a Star Wars game? I, I wouldn't have said. There's two that stick out to me who I wouldn't have wanted to do one, which is Bethesda and Ubisoft. Of course, EA are already making Star Wars games, already have made Star Wars games. Um, but it's just going to depend on uh, what they can do. So, um, yeah. So, do you have any anticipation for this? Star Wars game, Ubisoft? Uh, no, not really. Just because I got a bad sense that it's just going to be like another open world game, which, yeah. like I said before, we don't need another one for. No. Would I like it to be more concise and uh, direct and possibly, you know, a lot more uh, linear in terms of progression? Yeah. Is that going to happen? No. Hmm. Yeah, so... We'll see, but I, I think the the good thing and the good direction that Disney's taking with these games is, hey, we're going to end this deal with EA, we're going to kind of go on a, you know, you make this game, you make this game, and then you make this game, and if one of them fails, at least you're not tied down to them for, like, however many years. I don't know how long that deal was actually signed for initially, but uh, too many years anyway. So, um, but at least if they, if, they def- if they fail the Star Wars game with one... Uh, publisher or, or dev team or whatever you can kind of just try luck with someone else so we'll see um we've got another thing here which is for konami um so sometimes i honestly forget that like konami well they don't make games so i sometimes i forget that they're supposed to even be involved with it just because they don't do anything now they, they make pez once a year they did the uh 2021 title update thing this year for PES uh, and I've enjoyed the PES games like I said with PES 2020 uh, I think some parts of it are, are even better than FIFA um, but yeah you know Castlevania, Silent Hill, Metal Gear we've not seen anything on those games for, for a long long time the last attempts we had was PT back in what 2015 that got cancelled and then the Kojima debacle happened uh, and then you know Kojima left they tried to make a Metal Gear game with Survive and it was terrible um, so we got news that they're, they're closing a few of their gaming divisions. I couldn't find anything completely definitive about what divisions or what this kind of meant. All I was sort of reading yesterday was like they're doing some kind of restructuring. This means a closure of a couple of gaming divisions. Um, but I mean, I mean, when you get to a point as a company where it's like, hey, let's just make pachinko machines and stick a Metal Gear Silent Hill theme on them. And then, okay, let's make Pez once a year, and then that's kind of it. Um, it here's the thing, even if Konami, if Konami turned around tomorrow, right, and they said we're making a new Metal Gear, a new Silent Hill, a new Castlevania, I just don't, I wouldn't even trust them to actually pull that off properly. I mean, you already tried making a Metal Gear game without Kojima, it didn't work. Silent Hill, I don't know what you'd do. Castlevania would maybe have the best outcome of those three. Um... But uh, what would you think of this sort of non-development with with Konami? Yeah, I'm sure they had like a couple, three games in the works that just never got off the ground or never got to a point uh, 
um, to where it's actually you know feasible for them to put out a game. Past that, I mean, I honestly don't know. I don't have enough info on Konami and what they've currently got in development and what IPs they actually are actively developing mm. to really even make an educated guess on that. Yeah, yeah. See, loads of people have said, like, with um, Resident Evil having a resurgence and that with the 2 remake, the 3 remake, Resident Evil 7, Resident Evil 8 that's coming out, um, lots of people have just said, like, okay, what about if uh, Konami just sold Silent Hill to Capcom, but then that would then mean that Konami would get, like, a one-and-done deal for Silent Hill, and then that's it. Whereas if you keep the IP, I know this sounds kind of sad, but if you keep the IP and you keep the pachinko machines out there, you get money long-term, over a long time, longer-term period, instead of just, you know, this one-and-done kind of cash deal, whatever that would be. Uh, I mean, I'm sure Capcom would love to take something like Silent Hill and give it the sort of uh, Resident Evil treatment, you know, remaster some of their old games and, and that kind of thing. Um, but it makes more business sense, at least I, I think it does, um, sadly, for Konami to just keep them and keep the chinko machines so what's interesting to me as well i remember over the last i think two years or so every time we had like an e3 or a playstation event or something like that um i kept seeing everyone in the comments of like oh you know there's a new silent hill game in development there's a new silent hill game in development just over and over for like two years and this news kind of leans more towards what i was saying which is that i don't believe that at all because i've never seen or heard any news or anything on that and now that they're actually closing a few gaming divisions, to to me that says that's even less likely to happen now. So, um, w- w- what do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, it's always hard to tell what they're going to go with and mm. what direction they're going to go, um, yeah. just because they've never really had a direct, you know, obvious trackable path to this point. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I honestly just couldn't even guess. Yeah. So, Konami is definitely a weird one. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, let's pretty much move on from that. Talk about uh, Vicarious Visions. They are unfortunately now. This is an Activision decision because Activision owns Vicarious Visions. Uh, they have recently done the Crash Bandicoot remaster trilogy, which is the the Insane trilogy in 2017. Uh, they remade the Tony Hawk uh, games. Uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two remastered, which came out. That was last year, wasn't it? Yeah, the, the Tony Hawk games. Uh, they are merging into Blizzard and will be fully dedicated to making Blizzard titles going forward. So this brings up a couple of interesting points because if you look at Spyro, Crash Bandicoot, Tony Hawk, and what was the other one that I heard? Pr- pr- pretty much those main three. So there's there was some theories for a while about, okay... Activision's been kind of juggling developers a little bit with th- things like Crash, um, because you had three three different developers on the three different games. Because you had Vicarious Visions on the Crash uh, trilogy remaster, then Beanox did the Crash Team Racing Nitro Field remaster, and then uh, Toys for Bob did uh, Crash Bandicoot Four last year. There were some theories for a while that, uh, or some theories and rumors for a while that um, Vicarious Visions could have been working on a uh, Spyro, a new game for Spyro, because you did get the Reignited Trilogy from Spyro. That was from uh, Toys for Bob, the same developers for Crash Bandicoot 4. Well, we know now that they're not working on Spyro, because now they've been merged into making Blizzard games going forward. So basically, all those IP that I just mentioned, so Spyro, Crash, 
uh, Tony Hawk, whether it's remasters of any of the other old games, so like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 or, or any of those other games, uh, those won't be getting remastered by Vicarious Visions. And if there is new games, uh, like going forward for Crash Spyro or Tony Hawk, so whether it's a Tony Hawk reboot or a Spyro 4 or whatever, or a Crash 5, uh, none of those games, if they do happen, are going to be made by Vicarious Visions. Um, to me, this seems... I, I'm, I'm in the same uh, agreement with kind of everybody that I saw talking about this, which is this seems like a really weird and stupid decision because they, they just did two remasters of, of games that people loved, the, the Crash remaster and the Tony Hawk one, and you know picked up a good track record of remastering these Activision games. Uh, and now they've kind of just said like, no, you're going to join this other part of our division because Activision Blizzard like a uh, merger thing, isn't it? So they're going to be doing that going forward. Basically, we still do have uh, Beanox and um, Toys for Bob, who are going to, I assume, work on those three IP that I just mentioned, uh, which is Crash, Spyro, Tony Hawk. So you've basically given yourself less developers to work on. The same amount of games so we'll see how that goes in the future uh but that's that's it, it's quite disappointing to me I, I would have loved to have seen what vicarious visions could have done with like crash in in the future because uh, even when um i think it was future tense the the dlc for crash bandicoot 3 came out and it was like the first new piece of crash bandicoot content in like 20 years uh they did that as a dlc and it was like a full um uh it was like new content for, from Vicarious Visions for Crash Bandicoot. And everyone really liked that. And they said sort of like, hey, you know, it would be great if these guys could, could work on a Crash game or something. Uh, that got passed over to Toys for Bob for Crash 4. So, yeah, sadly they won't be working on, on those games anymore. Um, any thoughts on this? Uh, well, it's always sad when you know, a game gets remade that you know was a couple generations back, and the remake is like really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you don't know if you're ever going to get any more of that. Um, I don't know that, like for the Tony Hawk, if they would ever remake three or four or Underground or Underground Two. Um, five was a disaster. That was just yeah. a buggy mess that nobody played. Yeah. Um, so I think at least for the Tony Hawk franchise, doing and one and two instead. In there is pretty good. Maybe do a combo of three and underground. Um, if you can get some of the licensing for like the, the character li- likeness and things like that. Um, past that, the other two franchises, I'm just not familiar enough with to really make an educated comment on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just sad when I heard things like, "Hey, Spyro with Spyro Crash and Tony Hawk." Like, oh, what if Vicarious Visions made a you know a new game with with those IP? And there was just so many ideas that were floating around because there's, there's three completely different games. Um, well, mostly different games. Two of them are platformers. One of them's a skateboarding game. Um, and now all those kind of ideas are, are sort of out the window. So my hope is that Activision has more of a plan than what it seems like they do with this. Which is, hey, we've already got like, I don't know, Crash 5 mapped out or to- the next Tony Hawk game mapped out or... Um, I'm go- I'm still assuming there's going to be a new Spyro game because that's what would make sense. Um, and I still stick with my uh, old idea, which is that you know you had Crash Five, Crash Four, sorry, last year. I think you'll get a new Spyro game this year. Then maybe the year after you get a Tony Hawk game. I think it makes sense with those three IPs to you know every 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 year do one of one of them and then you know kind of switch between them each year and and do new games. Uh, I still would really like to see a um, 
Crash and Spyro crossover. That would be that would be kind of cool. Uh, Cause they they did one of those on like the Game Boy. Some people kind of liked what they did there. There was there was some interesting little ideas. Um, but that would be that would be quite good if they if they could do that. But it won't be from Vicarious Visions, which is a bit of a shame. So, and um, the last thing I want to talk about, I don't need to go too in depth on this. Uh, we do have the first of those Cyberpunk patches that have come out. Uh, patch 1.1 is out on PC console and Stadia. Um, I haven't got like the full patch notes here, but basically it just says in this update, which lays the groundwork for the upcoming patches, we focused on various stability improvements and bug fixes. Uh, a couple of days after this came out, I saw another report that came out that said this bug introduced, sorry, not this bug, this patch introduced a new bug that was game breaking, and CD Projekt Red is looking into fixing that. So, uh, yeah, it uh, it just kind of continues with Cyberpunk. Unfortunately, um, I just want to see this game succeed mainly because it's still installed on my hard drive, and uh, I've installed the patch. I don't have the game on me at the moment because I don't want to play it in the the state that it's in. Um, but I do look forward to hopefully the day where this game is got a few more features added that were removed and the game is just more stable to to play. Um, what do you think of the patch that came out and everything? Yeah, I haven't. I ha- I still have it on my hard drive, so it'll do the updates as well. I don't have any real interest in playing it right now. I'm going to wait to at least two more package patches or if I can ever get my hands on uh, Xbox series S uh, series X to play it that way. Um, mm. It's glad I'm glad that they're improving it. I'm glad they're trying to fix it. They really should have just held off on releasing that game. Yeah. Should have been delayed. Definitely. So, but yeah. Oh it's, yeah. It's just CG Project Red were definitely in a difficult position where it's like, okay, if we delay this game again, like out of the December 10th, people are going to be even more angry, or investors are going to be angry because they want the game, you know, out at this point. Uh, and then it's like, okay, if we release the game in this state, people are going to be angry anyway because the game isn't finished. So it's like, okay, literally, if you make two of the only available decisions, which is release this game on December 10th, it's not ready, it's buggy, people are going to moan. Option two, you delay the game, and people are going to be annoyed because you delay the game. Um, I mean, there would there would be some people out there that if they did delay it, they'd be like, "Hey, you know, look, take your time and all that kind of thing." But you know, people do literally send companies death threats for things like that, and I'm sure they they don't want to receive death threats for that kind of thing. I mean, that's that's, that's out of their control. They can't um, control what people send them, you know, online and that kind of thing. But that's unfortunately the, the the reality of the situation they're in, and I don't want this to seem like I'm defending CD Projekt Red. I'm just trying to look at the situation and assess, like, okay, literally, you know, December tenth was set. If they delayed the game, they probably would have gotten death threats, or they they probably were getting them before that anyway, for probably various reasons. Um, you know, they already delayed the game from was it November nineteenth, I think, when the Xbox was gonna, Xbox and PlayStation were gonna come out. Um, so mm-hmm. they, they delayed it out of there. They were probably already getting like nasty messages and that kind of thing. If you release the game, you just end up upsetting people. So, like, what do you what do you actually do in that situation? Like, you you you're just sort of stuck. So, um, but the game's out. If you are able to play it and you have a better experience, then that's great. Uh, but for those of us that are more wanting to wait, such as myself and Robert. Um, I'm just going to wait till the other patches come out and uh, and see what they do. Because they, they had two initial big patches that were planned. This is the first of them, and the other one is supposed to be in 
was it January and February? Uh-huh. So, so one of them must have been a bit late because they only just did this uh, first one. But maybe next month the, the second one will come out. Um, and again, you know, if, if you set January and February for the patches, if those are late or those are on time and then, you know, they they don't work or whatever, you, you kind of get the same result. So uh, we'll see how things go. We'll see where the game is when they patch it some more and everything. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to go from there. So for me and Robert, I guess it's just a, a waiting game of... Okay, wait till the game's patched more, and then just go from there. But at the moment, it's not in my rental list or my slots or anything. I haven't got the game. I'm playing other things. So um, we'll just have to wait and see. So uh, I think we can move on from that. Not too much to talk about there. Uh, that's all the news I've got. What did you want to talk about this week? Uh, well, going back to Star Wars, we do have kind of a, a trifecta of things. Mm. Uh, according to VGC, as well as Star Wars Insiders, Bespin, Bulletin, and Nate Naja, Nate Naja being better known online as Shinobi612, who's famous for breaking stories long before they're you know ready for prime time. Uh, there is a new Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic game being made, but it's not being made by either EA Arts or BioWare. Uh, the sources that they contacted did not say who would be developing the game. Although Naja thinks that uh, it's not going to be a well-known studio. Uh, for some background, uh, the original Knights of the Old Republic was an Xbox exclusive back in uh, 2003. Uh, and sequel, Knights of the Old Republic 2, was unfortunately rushed out way too soon uh, in 2004. And that's the last official release for that franchise in that subset. Uh, you can still buy those games on Steam and they have received updates to the point to where they look pretty decent they're not you know pc you know high-end level and they're not next-gen level but you know for 15 year old 16 year old sometimes 17 year old games they they look pretty darn good with all the patches hmm. yeah so this is interesting because a new studio has also formed called archetype entertainment and its two main draws are former uh, lead designer and lead writer of knights of the old republic uh, James Olhen is the lead designer for Knights and uh, the head of the studio. And Drew, and I'm going to butcher this, so I do apologize. Karpshin, I think, was the lead writer on the first core tour, and he is the, read lighter, uh, the bleh, lead writer for Architect Entertainment. Uh, Architect Entertainment just has uh, you know, on their About Us page, we're a development studio. Uh, based in Austin, Texas, founded in 2019, Autonomous Division of Wizards of the Coast. They're looking to build uh, world-class role-playing games. And they do have a lot of jobs uh, listed. Uh, so they need th- a principal uh, game art animator and a secondary game art animator, audio director, system engineer, a rendering engineer, gameplay engineer, cinematic developer, Gameplay developer, uh, level developer, and senior gameplay developer, as well as a QA manager, and all those jobs are based in Austin, Texas. So you put those three things combined, and it leads a lot of people uh, to think that that's going to be the next studio that comes out with the next Knights of the Old Republic game. Uh, did you ever play any of those games, either on PC or on console? I played uh, about. 20 to 30 minutes of Knights of the Old Republic on, on Xbox One, like the backwards compatible version, and it, it just didn't quite work 
for me. Maybe I need to go back and try it and like um and whatever. But um, I kept having this feeling like okay, this this game it, it feels old to play and all all, all that sort of thing because it because it is an old game. And I just kept thinking, you know, if I if I go through this game and kind of go with the old like mechanics and that, there'll probably be news like six months later that it's getting a remaster or something. I, I just kept sort of thinking that in the back of my mind, so I I just kind of stepped away. Um, but yeah, I mean, this has been a rumor that's gone around for a long time about a I'll just say Kotor game um, for for Star Wars for quite some time. It, it, I mean, all the things that you said there made sense about the new studio and everything. The other thing that obviously clicks into place with this is the recent news that we've talked about, about the, the Star Wars license kind of changing within uh, Lucasfilm games and the, the EA deal ending and Ubisoft's making a game now and it's kind of sort of, it's a bit more sort of, okay, we're going to go on a base-by-base base kind of thing. So now probably is the most realistic time to assume that, okay, this is actually more likely just because of the like the end of the EA deal and all that kind of all that kind of thing. So it feels more likely now than it has before, but um, we'll just have to see. So and I think that you know it, it's been very much in demand for a long time. And if Disney's smart, which they are for the most part, uh, I mean they've made some very very good investments in the last like ten fifteen years, um, then I think that they should do it. So we'll see. Do you think it's likely? Uh, I hope so. I was a big fan of the franchises. Uh, I do agree with you that playing them now, because I do own them both on Steam, because they're super cheap on Steam. Like like on a non-sale, you can usually find it for like five bucks. So mm-hmm. it's if you're curious about it, it's not that much of an investment. And since it is an old game, it'll run on a less than optimized uh, PC or laptop. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely weirdly kind of like an archaeological thing, because if you play those games you get a real sense of how bioware built their rpg style if you even want to go further back you can go to their predecessor jade empire which was a phenomenal game i would love to see a reboot of that game um who owns who owns uh jade empire uh bioware that's a bioware ip okay yeah that was like a one-off game they did and it was actually a precursor to their uh Paragon and Vert, uh, Renegade that eventually became uh, Bioware and EA for the uh, Mass Effect trilogy. Hmm. Cool. Um, but yeah, I, I think now is probably the most likely time for uh, this to happen. I'm not saying like get your hopes up, it's happening. I'm just saying based on everything that's literally happened in the last like two weeks um, that this is, it feels like the most likely time. So yeah. yeah, and if our, if uh, Archetype uh, Entertainment does have that IP to use, like I said, they were founded literally in 2019, so they're barely a year old. So even with the talent they have and any talent they could hire, I don't see them getting a game out until at least 2023, maybe 2024. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'll probably be at least a few years before we'd actually see this, but um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. So... Uh, what else did you want to talk about today? Uh, well, we got the Games with Gold for February that uh, was announced a couple days ago. Uh, some interesting choices. There's actually going to be five games this year. Uh, Resident Evil. I don't know which one. It doesn't specifically say whether it's like the remake or something else. Um, but that is the whole month. Gears 5 is also the whole month. Uh 
for February 16th to the March 15th is Dandara Trials of Fear Edition. Not heard of it. According to the description, it's a pixel art action game in the acclaimed and mysterious adventure that has elements of Metroidvania games. So if you like Celeste, the chances are you're going to like Dandara. If you want to see some classic games, Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb is going to be the first part of the month. This was originally an original Xbox game uh, taking place in China in the 30s, thus the name Emperor's Tomb. Uh, and the final game is Lost Planet 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a Capcom sequel, so... Cool. Yeah. Uh, just a warning that the two dogs have decided to bark at each other. So, <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, you can't control this thing sometimes. Uh, this is a better month. I mean, uh, there's a few duds in here maybe but you've got um you know gears of war 5 you've got uh can you read me the other four out again uh resident evil resident dandar evil. trials of fear indiana jones and the emperor's tomb and lost planet 2 okay i've heard good good things about lost planet gears 5 was my game of the year for 2019 definitely not 2020 because that was obviously last of us 2 um but yeah gears gears 5 was my my game of the year for yeah, pretty sure that was 2019. Uh, Indiana Jones, I don't know anything about that. But hey, Indiana Jones usually tries to go for fun. So that might be fun. Uh, Lost Planet 2, I've heard good things about. Um, I actually heard, I think it was on this week's Sacred Symbols. Um, that Chris really likes uh, Lost Planet. I think he said Lost Planet 1 and 2. He said those are really good games. Um, so yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a, a better month than, than what we've had recently. I think last month as well they had the first Little Nightmares game. I I, I, th- I think they that they did. So that was a very very good selection. Um, but yeah, it's it's better. It's interesting because they've actually included five instead of four. Um, so you technically get more value for your, for your money. So uh, which mm-hmm. is interesting because we have a story about um, uh, Xbox Live Gold. Did you want to go to that? Yeah, um, there was a big, big uh, dust-up when Microsoft mm. announced that they were going to be uh, raising the uh, six-month, uh, basically, all tiers of uh, Xbox Live Gold. Not the game Pass Ultimate, but just the Gold. To basically almost dollar equivalent for what the Ultimate was. And people being predictably people lost their ever-loving mind, and Microsoft quickly said, oh, my bad, and this completely reversed it. Hmm. It's it's interesting with that because the 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 one month went to what was it eleven dollars before they obviously reversed it eleven back to, yeah eleven. Why would you? Let's say you wanted either Game Pass or Games with Gold, right? Let's say you even if you weren't bothered about the other one, you just wanted one and not the other. If you're somebody who um wants game pass ultimate yeah so that you've got the option for the the other thing why would you then pay ten dollars for one month of gold when you can get both with ten dollars for one month of of both do you know what i mean um uh-huh. and, and also if, the, if this was a genuine sort of like hey we thought this price might work oops it didn't we will reverse it um I don't understand the at least the initial thought from Microsoft as hey let's make this thing that we've got that's got this other thing in it anyway but the other thing's also got something else in it which is Game Pass so let's make them both the same price for the one month that doesn't make really any business sense to me 
Um, because then you're kind of saying like, okay, this this thing that on its own that you might pay for is the exact same price now of this other thing, which also has that but something else in it, which is Game Pass. So I uh, I didn't really get that part of that, but and this has been reversed anyway. So what I've just said is technically irrelevant. But uh, what do you, what do you what did you take from this? Did you think that this was sort of like, oops, nobody likes this price and like. Because even people like Destin Legary and Andrew Renee and everybody was like, "This ain't cool." Like, what? What is this? Um, so, so it wasn't just like keyboard warriors or people online. This was people like from the industry, uh, you yeah. know, what's good games and IGN and that, saying like, "Hey, you know, this this isn't cool. Change this." Uh, and then Microsoft did. I can't tell if it is sort of like, "Oops, we made, we made a mistake," or like, "Hey, let's try this and just see." How it go? I I actually don't know which side I kind of fall on, to be honest. Um, but they did reverse it very very quickly, so there's there's that side. Um, yeah, I mean it makes no sense in terms of the price hike for the timing. Um, and I've long said that the price is going to change, or they're just going to straight up get rid of gold. And I've brought this up on a couple of times on the podcast. Once when I tried to buy a year subscription at a retail store and the store had pulled them all on direction of the company. And then the second time when I was able to finally actually buy it, I maxed it out to the three years and then the dollar, um, you know, upgrade to ultimate came up and I chose that and I was chatting with the Microsoft support and I just wanted to make sure that that would actually be the case. And they're like, yeah, but you do know that in, by the time this expires, gold will probably be gone. And I'm like, and then I'm like, yeah, so it's one of those things that uh, I see it going away, and I just don't—I don't get the timing of it. Hmm. But at at some point, gold will be gone, and there will be something else in its place, or it'll just be ultimate. Yeah, that that makes sense to me. If in the long term, it's just hey, you have um, Game Pass Ultimate, and that's it. So, yeah, I don't know. Plus for for plus for like several months, because. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but at least in the UK, uh, Xbox Live Gold was, I think, like six or seven pounds for a month, and mm-hmm. it still was. But there was set, there's been loads and loads and loads of different times where either for one dollar for one month or like one dollar for three months, you could get Game Pass Ultimate. So again, it's sort of like, okay, why would you why would you even pay six pounds just for gold when you can kind of actually get even if you don't want Game Pass and you just want gold, you can still at certain points get like one or three months of both anyway for one dollar. So yeah, that that just didn't make any sense. So anyway, uh that's that's that. It's been reversed anyway, and uh you can still just choose between the two if you want to. So um should we move on from that? What else did you wanna talk about? Oh, well, this literally just popped up while we were talking about that other thing. Uh, actor and comedian Kevin Hart has officially been announced as being part of the upcoming Borderlands movie. Uh, him is the He's the only other announced actor so far outside of Clay, Kate Blanchett. Uh, Hart will be pl- portraying Roland, a former soldier who appears in Borderlands 1 and 2. Uh, the rumor is, is that Blanchett will play Lilla in the film, but that has not been confirmed yet. The uh, film is being directed by horror movie veteran Eli Roth, and the writer is Craig Mazin, who is currently writing The Last of Us TV show. Um, this was no surprise, as the Budapest-based Budapest company, production company uh, let it slip that uh, it's going to be 
working with Hart back, but this is just a, an official confirmation of his character and his role. So, hmm. cool. I mean, that's that's not for me at all. Like, I I know people that like Borderlands won't like to hear this, but I don't really care about Borderlands. I've played. I think two of the games i played the telltale game series i quite liked the telltale series because it actually had you know more story and that kind of thing and i know that with obviously borderlands it's more about pick up these 500 different guns and shoot them and have crazy fun and stuff but um yeah just it it just simply wasn't for me so i don't have any particular interest in the film um so that's that's pretty much my thoughts on that how about you yeah, I, I mean, I might see it depending on you know the the casting and the direction. Um, the the two Jumanji movies that he was in with The Rock were way better than they had any right to be, and they were absolute load of fun. Um, so depending on what the trailer shows, hmm. I might give it a chance. Um, but that's that's long. They're not even in like pre-production phase they're like in the still getting the cast together and yeah. still writing the script phase so they're nowhere near ready to release this mm-hmm. yeah um what was i gonna say what was the thing that you just mentioned a second ago as you were uh which part as you was to i was gonna say something on something that you said but then i forgot what it was so i guess i can't um maybe it'll come to me in a minute so uh what else did you want to talk about well, the last thing they have to talk about is a little convoluted and a little hard to get into, but I, I find it absolutely fascinating because it has to deal with GameStop. Uh, for those people that you know aren't familiar with the company or don't live in the United States, uh, GameStop is uh, basically a retail store where you can buy, sell games, although sell is relatively you know loose term because they basically give you pennies on the dollar. Uh, they've been trying to keep themselves afloat by turning them into a nerd version of Hot Topic by selling a lot of Think Geek stuff. Um, and they've had a really rough time of it. I mean, the tank has stocked, the, the stock has tanked completely. Uh, the, according to the track here, the lowest it was on, the lowest the stock value was, was $2.80 on April 3rd, 2020. So clearly it was just going the way of blockbusters. Uh, and then something really weird happened. Um, a large group of investors decided to short the stock. Now, a uh, little caveat here. I'm not a financial expert. I vaguely has a, have a grasp of what's going on. I'm dependent a lot of what the article is telling me. Um, I do have investments, but I don't short them. I tend to like, find stocks that do like really good dividends and just buy them and just leave them forever. And that strategy has worked really well for me. So basically, when you short a stock, is that you're banking on the price of the stock to decrease. So as an investor, you borrow, air quote, a bunch of shares of a company, and then if it goes down to the point where you want to sell them, you sell them, and then you pocket the difference. So it's like the complete opposite of buying a stock to buy a stock. You want it to go up. You want it to pay you money. This doesn't pay you money because... um, you know, when the stock goes up, you lose money, and when the stock goes down, you gain money. Uh, there are advantages to shorting a stock. If you think a company is going to tank out, and for whatever reason the share is going to bottom out, uh, you can make pretty decent money. The flip side to that is is that your potential for losses are infinite. Um, so let's say you buy a stock at fifty dollars a share, and you buy one share on a normal shot a normal stock. 
the max you can lose is 50 bucks. If the company goes over, the stock literally has no value. Your 50 bucks is gone. But let's say you short the stock at $50 by one share. And then the stock goes up to like $200. And then your borrowed share gets called on. Then you have to pay that $200. Uh, the Basically the 150 difference when you put in 50 bucks. So that can scale infinitely. And the reason why I uh, bring that up is because there are several Reddit groups where investors talk strategy back and forth. And a bunch of them realized that a whole lot of investors were shorting, were trying to short the uh, the GameStop stock, which makes no sense because it was super cheap. I mean, even up until uh, what was it? When did it, when did it start spiking? Uh, October second, it was still under ten dollars a share. So you know, you want to try to short a stock that's got a little bit more value than that. Because um, ten dollars, even if it drops, you know, to three, and like I said, the lowest that it was was April of two eighty. But even going from like, you know, ten to two, that's eight dollars a share. You're not going to make a lot of money. Well, these this group of, I guess, the lack of a better term, counter investors, decided to make massive buying on the stock to force the price up and up and up because there was so much pressure for the stock to go down. But it couldn't go down anymore, so they just bet the opposite and just started buying shares in mass bulk, and the stock it went nuts, and that's not even the beginning, the exaggeration to it. It, cl- it had a low of two dollars and eighty cents a share on April third. It closed today at one hundred and forty-six dollars and eighty-eight cents a share. That is a one day jump of over $70 of share and since it is low it has increased 524.58% in the span of less than a year Hmm. which is insane just just trying to do the numbers of your head it's insane and these stock brokers I guess I don't know I mean the article obviously doesn't go into them because there's no real record of who buys what stock it's just a matter of you know these are the numbers that are bought these are the numbers that are sold but anybody that bought it to short it is just getting gutted because at some point they will make what's called a margin call where they where everybody that's bought it has to you know that bought it to short it has to cover the costs and they are good depending on how many shares they are gonna get creamed because think about it, it was just one share, like the scenario I set up before, this is you spending $3, why you would try to short a stock at $3, I never know, but you you know, put $3 down on a stock, a stock and now you owe another 140 on it. Times that by like 100 shares or 1,000 shares, that could be in the billions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, the stock stuff is, is uh, pretty crazy in that. Um, I mean, it's interesting in this day and age, obviously, with COVID being a very big uh, contributor and, you know, with, with online purchases being being more of a thing, uh, especially with Amazon and everything, uh, the pie street is, is dying. It's been dying for a long time and it's only being it's accelerated by COVID because people can't go into shops uh, or even if they can, there's a limit to people going into shops or they're just closed completely so they can't make any money. Um, I did see, I know it's slightly unrelated, but still kind of related, uh, Debenhams, which is a, like, UK retailer, is going online only, 
so they're basically becoming Amazon kind of thing. So they'll still have a warehouse and that kind of thing, but they won't have an in place kind of store that you can actually go into and that and and everything. So it does make you wonder, doesn't it? Like in in even in the next couple of years, um, when you do have people like Amazon that are still probably dominating the world because they have their own warehouses, they have their own online online thing, they have their own streaming service as well. And uh, probably some other things as well. Um, like who is going to survive? And uh, you know, GameStop was yeah. struggling for a long time. And uh, I remember Colin, uh, again on Secret Symbol, said, uh, I think it was some point last year, but before the new consoles came out, that uh, places like GameStop and you know, Game in the UK and, and some, of the, some of these game shops that were still kind of really struggling retail-wise, that they could have gotten hopefully a boost from you know the sales of the new consoles and some sales of switches and that sort of thing um that pretty much didn't happen because covid just got worse towards the end of the year and then by the time the new consoles came out not only was it a case that the consoles were very very limited anyway but the stores were kind of on and off opening and closing because at least in the uk we couldn't well boris couldn't figure out whether we were or weren't we're not in lockdown or what tier we were in or where was what tier and it's just been a bit, big bit of a mess. Because um, for the most part with games themselves and any kind of like, you know, if you're getting PS Plus or Games as Gold or whatever you're doing, you're probably going to sign up for that through your console because you can just do that on the store. Um, so we are getting to a point with games where the only thing you can reliably physically buy and these places can reliably physically sell is game consoles. Things like Switches, PCs, Xboxes and all that because... Uh, for the most part, even though games on the PlayStation Store, Xbox Store and Switch Store are a little bit more expensive on those places than they are in retail, just a little bit more, it's sort of like, hey, I'm I'm sitting at home, I want to buy this new game, I want to buy, I don't know, Hitman 3, I could just click this button at home, it will download in a, in a few hours, I'll go and do some stuff or whatever, come back, I don't have to go down to the shop, or you can't go down to the shop because it's closed anyway, and that's just a... Uh, it, 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 either that or just buying it from Amazon, so you still get a physical version of the game. But you know, it's it's the home convenience thing, isn't it? So mm-hmm. I don't know. But uh, how how do you think that's all going to kind of play out? Uh, well, it's definitely going to come back down at some point. Um, it's not. It doesn't have a value of almost one hundred fifty dollars a share because the company is so financially stable and so solvent. This is one group of traders, for lack of a better term fucking with another group of traders they were banking on the opposite um and this is literally not literally overnight but if you go back to just january 4th this year when the market reopened it was at 17.25 a share so in the span of what is this the 26 in the span of 22 days it almost increased by a factor of 10 um so at some point when the people that are forcing this upward bail and cash out it'll crash again um i like i said i'm not a financial advisor but from what little i have done with researching and investing there's a phrase that involves a stock like this and it involves a 10-foot pole Mm. um it'll be insane to see who makes money and who loses money on it but outside of that i would you couldn't give me your money to put on that because i don't want to waste your money Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll see how that all plays out. Um, anything else you want to talk about today? Uh, no, that was the last one I had. 
cool cool uh, we do have an email today if you would like to send in your thoughts feelings questions comments or concerns about video games or anything related to entertainment talk uh, Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK, there's a contact page and information in your show notes, so don't be afraid to get involved. Uh, opinions are opinions, if we disagree or agree on something, we can still discuss it at the end of the day. Simon writes in and says, hey there, first time, long time, uh, if you had to guess, what games do you think are in development that we don't know about yet? Um, so yeah, this is obviously where you know trailers from E3 or pre- PlayStation presentations or whatever. Uh, we kind of see them from there. Um, I don't know what games I could think of that are in development that we probably don't know about. I'm usually not actually very good at guessing that kind of stuff. But if I was to switch the question around games that I don't think that we'll see anytime soon. Um, Dead Space... Uh, Castlevania, Silent Hill, Metal Gear, uh, Mirror's Edge, you're probably not going to see again from EA. Um, I don't know about an Unravel 3, if you'll get one of them. I'm just trying to think of EA games at the moment. Um, Bethesda games, I think most of those are still going to get made. You know, uh, Fallout, you'll you'll probably see another Fallout. We're going to get, obviously, um, another Elder Scrolls game. Uh, Wolfenstein, I don't know where Wolfenstein will go actually, because I, I don't know where the story ended up with the the uh, latest game, because I didn't actually play it. Um, but probably some of those you you won't see, I reckon. Um, but what about you, for either uh, games that you think are in development that we don't know about, or ones that, uh, get game franchises you can think of, I guess, that you don't think will make a return uh, I would love to see a new single-player Fallout game. Um, yeah, I haven't had a chance to really play uh, 76's new expansion, uh, um, Steel Dawn. Oh. I might I might hop back into that now that I'm done with uh, Assassin's Creed. Um, I'd love a new KOTOR 3 game like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it'll just be uh, um, you know a more updated version, but not a massive open-world thing. Uh, um, <sighs> honestly what i would like is i would like to be wowed with a new ip i don't know you know in development not in development i would like like say the games everything's done everything's really ready to be done and be going and they give us a teaser trailer and then you know three months time six months time the game come out i would love to see a trailer and just be so blown away like for lack of a better example, I was really blown away with the Cyberpunk trailer. Yeah. Massively disappointed at the result of it, but the the trailer itself just blew me away. And when I say trailer, I mean that nearly hour-long demo. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so something on that level with a new IP would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, I honestly can't think of a franchise... That I that I want to play the next version of. Hmm. Yeah. For me, when it came to Warner Brothers, the three big questions for a long time was: Okay, what is this new Batman game? Is that Hogwarts game that we saw real? And what is Rocksteady working on? Those, to me, for for quite a long, for a couple of years actually, were my kind of biggest questions, and a lot of other people's biggest questions. And there was obviously rumours of, you know, is it is it uh, is Rocksteady working on a Superman game or a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game or a Justice League game or whatever. Um, 
I'm glad at the results of all those three things. I think the Harry Potter game is going to be quite good. I'm intrigued in the Batman game. I don't know about the whole like switching between the Bat Family thing, but we know that that's the thing now. And Suicide Squad isn't my the the characters from DC. I would have chosen Rocksteady to make a game on. That would have either been someone from the Justice League or like Green Lantern or or somebody like that. Um, but I still think that that I'll. You know, I, I have hope in them to make a good Suicide Squad game. That that's that's one that could definitely surprise me. Um, but yeah, those are. I mean, ever since we saw that Harry Potter footage of like everyone trying to figure out, you know, is this real? Does somebody make this up? It looks a bit too real. But no, a couple of years after that, it it turned out that it was real. So, um, uh, other than that, I don't have any sort of like, hey, I think this game is in development, but uh, we don't know what it is. So, what um. What games from existing franchises would you like to... Let, let's say you were watching like an E3 or a, or a Nintendo Direct or a uh, PlayStation event. What trailer could you be shown that would make, make you go like, Oh my god, that game's coming back. Whether it's a new game or a remaster. What, what's a IP that could kind of do that for you at the moment? I'm trying to think of all the games that I played. Um... See, the only one that I can think of off the top of my head is one I know that's in development because we got a teaser trailer for it, which is State of Decay 3. Right, um, yeah. Maybe a Graveyard Keeper 2. Um, I never got a chance to pl- to finish that game, and it's not, unfortunately, in Game Pass, so I'll just wait till it's on the next sale and pick it up and finish it. But there was a lot of charm in that game, so that one I could definitely want a sequel of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, to me, I'm curious to see what they do with the next uh, Gears of War game. Because Gears of War 5 ended in a scenario where, like... Okay, you'll probably do a Gears of War 6 and wrap this trilogy up. But I don't know what that would look like, story-wise. Just because of what happens in the story. I can't really get into spoilers. Because uh, Gears Tactics I did play, but I was just disappointed by. Um, so, yeah. But, uh, I don't know, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the franchises that I really love and follow have had, either had new editions or are getting new editions, so, like, Ratchet and Clank is getting a new game, we just had Crash 4, we just had Last of Us 2, um, what other ones out there, Batman, we know there's a new Batman game on the way, we know what Rocksteady's working on, um, I don't know, I've, most of those have been, kind of, like I've kind of said about these 90s remasters that we've had, of uh, some of those games, most of those things have have been done already. So um, it, it's kind of in that situation where some of these de- devs and and studios are going to need to start surprising people again. I think because we do know a lot of what's coming out for, for certain things. So um, I suppose about my next big sort of looking forward to update thing or surprise is seeing okay where can where can these patches and updates for Cyberpunk actually get the game to? The game's out, you can play it and all that, but... Okay, once you start improving it and patching things, where can that end up? And uh, kind of maybe sort of looking forward to that. So, we'll see. Uh, I think that's what we got for you for this episode of uh, Random Gaming Talk. Um, so hopefully you enjoyed the episode. We'll be back next week with the next one to discuss whatever happens in the world of gaming. Uh, something will probably break tomorrow that we'll talk about next week or whatever so we shall see how that all goes uh what are you gonna plan to play within the next week also uh i think i am gonna to relaunch uh, steel dawn and see what that all added in see if it's worth trying or not because okay. that'll probably take me like two hours to see is this worth the effort or no mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Past that, I honestly don't have a game in in the deck. Okay. I'm going to... forgot to mention this at the top of the show. I did get as a bonus game uh, the SpongeBob game. Um, Battle for Bikini Bottom, like the remaster or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't have really any expectations. I'm not sort of like, oh, this is going to be not great or this is going to be amazing. I'm just right in the middle where it's just up to this game to to, to see uh, how this kind of goes. Um, I don't have like any nostalgia or whatever for, for SpongeBob, but... I've heard relatively good things about the game, so it, it looks kind of interesting, and I want to... That, that world kind of interests me. That's always been one of those, I guess, franchises where it's sort of like, okay, some of it's been good, some of it's been not great, but some of the characters are kind of interesting, the world's kind of interesting, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, hopefully, I'll get sent Hitman in the next period of time, and then some point after the next episode, the next podcast, I should have Little Nightmares 3. Uh, Little Nightmares 2, sorry, eventually. And we'll see how that goes. So that's pretty much my plans. So we'll see how it all goes. Thanks everybody very much for listening. You can find everything that we do on entertainmenttalk.org. If you want to catch, of course, the rest of our TV, video games, films and Manchester United podcasts as well. uh, Check all that out on entertainmenttalk.org. I am in the process as well. I did say on Twitter yesterday of making the fifth season of classic reviews i've done the first episode i'm gonna possibly do two more tomorrow uh and i'll let you know when uh the series is done i don't know when i'm actually going to release it but i'm i'm ready to to make the series again so uh, and you can find all four previous seasons on entertainmenttalk.org as well and on podcast services please search for us on podcast services uh, entertainment talk get yourself subscribed please rate review us on there as well uh, word of mouth if you want to tell people that you know about the content that we've got either the podcast services or the website uh, you can do that as well uh, social media facebook twitter different facebook groups whatever you, you like to use uh, you can use that as well and you can do the same thing over there if you would like your up-to-date reliable TV and film news, David's got you covered. Geektown.co.uk and Geektown Radio on Tuesdays. There is a new episode available to be listened to from this week, so go and check that out. Bex is streaming daily pretty much over on Twitch. Trista Bytes, Trista, B-Y-T-E-S. Uh, I stream sometimes on Twitch as well. I've got some plans to do some other games soon, so follow me on there on Twitch, Etalk UK. And that is everything. Thanks very much for listening, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.